Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball, and I want to let all the listeners know, all right? You can come out to the Siegel Center this Saturday for free. Yes, the black and gold game is open to the public for free, and seating will be offered as general admission. The VCU basketball men and women's return to the Siegel Center this Saturday when the Rams host the annual black and gold game. It's at 4 p.m. It will feature the men's and women's basketball squads as well as the pep band, the Peppas, and the Rams spirit squad. VCU season ticket holders have been invited via email to an exclusive pregame autograph session with both the men's and women's basketball team. Doors will open to the general public at 3 p.m. The women's team will kick off the event with the scrimmage at 4, followed by the men's inter-squad scrimmage. And I just tweeted out at AWOD Radio and 910 The Fan my interview with Ryan Odom from Wednesday afternoon where he joined us for 45 minutes and did a whole VCU season preview. He was kind enough to come in his studio here to 910 The Fan. Uh, So if you haven't checked out that interview, you can check out the podcast right now by searching AWOD Radio on Spotify, iTunes, or the free Odyssey app. But it is 1 p.m. here on AWOD Radio, which means it's time to talk about my favorite football team, the team that always lets me down. Hopefully they won't let me down this Sunday. I'm talking about the Skinny Skin Skins. The Washington Commanders. It's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio. The Richmond Commander. All right, so I do this every Friday at 1 o'clock. I talk myself into believing that the team can win. That Ron Rivera might be a terrible coach. That Jack Del Rio might not make adjustments. That Eric Bieniemy might throw the ball too much. But we can still win because I love this team. I believe in these guys. And I think we have too much talent to lose to the Atlanta Falcons. So it's time for my keys to victory. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910, and I'll tell you, the Commanders are 2-3 and three this season. They're two wins. They have accomplished all of my keys and my keys to victory. In the three losses, something has gone wrong. So if they follow these simple keys, the keys to success, they will get the win. Number one for the Commanders. You have to win the turnover battle. I mean, you're not going to win on the road with Sam Howell having two interceptions, Antonio Gibson fumbling the ball, and the defense just doing absolutely nothing. If you're going to win on the road in the National Football League, you have to win the turnover battle. That is absolutely key number one. I'm looking for Emmanuel Forbes to make a play. I'm looking for Quan Martin to show up here. I'm looking for Cam Curl. We haven't called his name much this season. Can we get Montez Sweat to get a sack fumble on Desmond Ritter? Can Chase Young jar the ball loose on on a big hit? Can Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen make a game-changing play? If we can win the turnover battle, that's a big reason why this offense hasn't been that good statistically. Because they never have short field. They're always having to drive 75 yards to score. 
If the defense can cause a turnover, get Sam Howell the ball, and he only needs to go 30 or 40 yards to get six, that's a great key to success. That is key number one to victory. Number two, the Atlanta Falcons are going to try to run the ball. Washington has not been good enough at stopping the run this season. Uh, they let DeAndre Swift burn them. They let Dalvin Cook's brother burn them uh, with the Bills. I mean, even week one, Josh Dobbs and James Conner were burning us with the run. Uh, Denver had a little bit of success running the ball as well. The Falcons as a team want to run to Tyler Algier and to Bijan Robinson. All right. They've got two solid running backs. They don't trust Desmond Ritter. They're going to run the ball early and often. And I think if Washington can hold this Falcons team, not just Bijan, but the combination of Bijan and Tyler Algier to under 110 yards, under 110 yards, that's key number two to victory. You've got to hold them to under 110 yards rushing, keep them to about 3.6 yards a pop. Um, and that's how you force Desmond Ritter to beat you with his arm, and I don't think he can do that. you got to get some of these running stops here to be tackles for losses so that the Falcons are facing 2nd and 11. Can't have them face the 2nd and 4s because they got 6 yards on a first down run from B. John Robinson. That is key number 2. Number 3. Washington has not done a good enough job targeting Terry McLaurin. You look around the National Football League and look at the best wide receivers. Tyreek Hill, Miami, force feeds him the ball. Um, Devontae Adams, they find a way to get him the ball often. I mean, a ton. Justin Jefferson, before he got hurt, Kirk was throwing it to him every single third down. A.J. Brown of the Eagles, they don't have a third down that doesn't end up uh, with the ball in A.J. Brown's hands. So, key number three, get Terry McLaurin involved. He needs to go over 75 yards receiving. I think if they target McLaurin and they make sure to get him the ball, his best weapon has been his entire career in the NFL, his yards after catch. That statistic has dropped off significantly this year, and I'm putting the blame on Sam Howell for that. I don't think Sam Howell goes to McLaurin enough when he's not the number one target. He goes through his progressions quickly, and a lot of times he ends up taking sacks or trying to run because he doesn't see a guy open right away. Well, McLaurin is great at scrambling. At When the play stays alive, he's able to find a hole in the zone, get McLaurin the ball. You need your ace to have a good game if you're going to win on the road. McLaurin over 75 yards. So win the turnover battle, hold the Falcons as a team to under 110 yards rushing, and get McLaurin involved and have him catch the ball for over 75 yards passing. I'm thinking the Commanders are going to win. If you disagree, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change the dial. I'll be right back. What up, what up, what up, Richmond? Happy Friday. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Stub, it's Friday, October 13th. Friday the 13th. Unlucky day. Yeah, Scary it is. day. It is a scary day. Well, I was scared when we started the show today because something <laughs> was going to go wrong. <laughs> it's Friday the 13th. Though. Do you have any plans for here for Friday night? Uh, I mean, I've been uh, home watching watching my parents' dog. Finally can go back to my roommate, my friends. So yeah. probably just hang out, chill day, movie day. Yeah, I know there's uh, the Folk Festival's coming back to Richmond this weekend. Uh, we talked about GalaxyCon and 
there's a ton to do uh, around Richmond this weekend. And we've got the black and gold game at the Siegel Center on Saturday. Um, but right now I wanted to go around the NFL, all the biggest stories in the National Football League, and preview every game from this weekend on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL. NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. Stubb, and I'm not sure you've been tracking my win probability, my win percentage, but I'm over like 65%. I I told Michael Phillips last week the Steelers were going to get a victory against the Ravens. They shocked everyone winning that game. Um, I did pick the Commanders, but I've I've been wrong on the Commanders before. I've been hot with my picks, let's just say that. You making any money? I I am making a little bit on FanDuel. Use the promo code AWOD. Have you downloaded the app yet, Stubb? No. You're still waiting for me to give out a big fat winner. It has to be juicy enough. Got to be juicy enough. All right. Uh, Let's start with Ravens against the Titans from London. Look, we talked about this with Drab on Don't Sleep on These Picks. I can't believe that Valdez is picking against the Ravens. He's picking the Titans plus four. Um... The reason I'm picking the Ravens is because they left on Tuesday to get to London. The Titans did not leave until Thursday afternoon. I think the extra two days to kind of get used to the environment there in London, get used to playing, uh, you know, on a soccer field, basically, uh, to get used to the food that they'll be eating in London. That's why I've got the Ravens winning this game. Falcons Commanders. The win probability for the Falcons is 65%, uh, but I told you guys I've talked myself into believing that this commander's team just simply has more talent than the Falcons, and hopefully our head coach uh, feels his pants on fire that he's on the hot seat and he'll have the boys start hot here with a good first half. They've been outscored by 87 points in the first half through the first five weeks of the season. Vikings minus three against the Bears. I think this is a get-right game for the Minnesota Vikings. Everyone was talking about, oh, are the Vikings going to trade Kirk Cousins? I don't think they trade him because the fact that him and Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, have such a great relationship from their time together in Washington. If the Vikings lose this game, I I could see them just punting the season and giving up on Kirk and maybe trading him to the Jets or something like that. And even without Justin Jefferson, I I think uh, Jordan Addison has a good game, giving the Vikings to win this Sunday. Bengals, Seahawks. Bengals are minus two, and they have a 58% chance of winning this game. Problem is is that I I really think the Seahawks have been playing well as a team. The Bengals are coming off their best win of the season. Will Joe Burrow look like himself? Uh, But give me the Seahawks in this contest. 49ers against the Browns. 49ers are only minus six right now. I thought that that spread would be even bigger. Browns are two and two and do have one of the best defenses, but the Niners have the second best offense behind the Dolphins in the NFL. Give me the Niners to win and to cover the spread. Saints minus six versus the Houston Texans. And I told you guys, I don't believe in any of the rookie quarterbacks. I thought last year in college football, Caleb Williams was the best QB by far. And Caleb Williams is right now the Heisman Trophy uh, favorite for USC. Well, you had Bryce Young get drafted. I don't like the way he's been playing with the Carolina Panthers. Anthony Richardson looked mediocre. He had, he had the Colts at 2-2 two and two before he got hurt. He's out for the next four games. And C.J. Stroud, he's the one quarterback that has looked decent of all the rookies. I told you guys none of the rookie quarterbacks would finish above 500. 
The Texans are the one team I'm scared about with that. But give me the Saints. Derek Carr is healthy now. Uh, Alvin Kamara has quietly come back from the three-game suspension and looked like himself. Give me the Saints to win and to cover the six-point spread. Jaguars, minus 11 against the Colts. Uh, Colts can run the ball. They've got Jonathan Taylor back. Zach Moss has looked good. I think they will cover the spread. Never like a double-digit spread in a battle between two division rivals. Dolphins against the Panthers. Dolphins win easily. Heck, they might score 70 again. Uh, I hate the Carolina Panthers this year. No playmakers on the Panthers. Adam Thielen, are you kidding me? They thought he was going to be a difference maker by grabbing him in the offseason. It's like they're not watching the league. He hasn't been good in three seasons. Uh, Lions minus five against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going with the Bucks to upset the Lions this weekend. A lot of people are caring, uh, are following the Dan Campbell's fighting Lions this year and how Sam Laporta has quietly been better than Travis Kelsey. He's statistically been the best tight end in the National Football League. Amon Ross St. Brown. They've got two good running backs. David Montgomery lighting up in fantasy. But I believe in Baker and the Bucks to get this win. That's my upset pick of the week. Raiders, Patriots. I think this game goes down to coaching. The Raiders are picked to win minus four, and yes, they do have the better quarterback in the former Patriots man himself, Jimmy Garoppolo. Devontae Adams has looked incredible this year, and, and the Patriots offense has been god-awful, really. Mac Jones making mistake after mistake. Ramondre Stevenson has disappeared at times this season, but I like the Pats to get the upset in this game because I think Bill Belichick will outcoach his pupil, Josh McDaniels. Remember, McDaniels with, with, was with Bill Belichick. Left Bill to go become the coach of the Denver Broncos. Belichick won every matchup against McDaniels. He went back to New England for a second stint. Had success and got another head coaching opportunity with the Raiders. I think Bill Belichick still beats his boy once again. Even though the Raiders have a 66% chance of winning that game. Eagles against the Jets. Give me the Eagles to win easily. Like I said, by the time the Commanders face off against the Eagles again, they're going to have the division wrapped up. They're going to be 7 and 0. Um it's just it sucks being a Commanders fan and seeing the Eagles have this much success, but they're going to break the trend in the NFC East. You know, we have not had a back-to-back division champion for 20 years. Since the Eagles did it, the Eagles are going to do it again. Every 20 years, the NFC East has the Philadelphia Eagles winning back-to-back division titles. Rams, Cardinals. I already told you guys uh, with Drab T-shirt, I like the Cardinals in this matchup here because they've got a bunch of killers, and the Rams are one injury away from Matthew Stafford from being a terrible offense once again. Um, I think the Cardinals' defense has been good. Uh, Yes, they're without James Conner this week. But I think James Conner might have been holding this team back a little bit. Look, his statistics show that he's still a decent running back, but he's a slow running back. Their backup is much faster. I've got the Cardinals winning this game. Rams' win probability is 80. But Awad likes the Cardinals. Bills-Giants, ugly Sunday night football game. Uh, Give me the Bills to win easily, cover the spread. Even though I'm looking forward to watching Tyrod Taylor, some have already put it out there, is it the Tyrod Taylor revenge game? You remember, he was a successful quarterback for the Bills, and then they just said, you know what, we're, we're good. 
We're good. Let, let's go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tyrod, you're not our guy. Uh, Chargers, Cowboys is your Monday night football game. I wanted to pick the Chargers. I want to pick the Chargers, but I, I think Dallas wins uh, this game. It, look, they they got blown out by the San Francisco 49ers. The Chargers are not the Niners. Uh, it should be a high-scoring, entertaining game, unlike some of the primetime games we've seen this season, like last night on Thursday Night Football. That was ugly, uh, but give me... The Cowboys to win on Monday Night Football. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are always open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Uh, we're always available on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. So joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is the Sergeant of the AWOD Army, Sergeant Snyder, Rick Snyder. What's going on, bud? Oh, still waiting for that promotion, bud. <laughs> uh, here we go. <laughs> oh, we love having you on the show. And I- I've been talking myself into believing that the Commanders can win this weekend against the Falcons. On Monday, I was still down in the dumps from that Thursday night loss that I went through the schedule, and I said I couldn't find a win. But now, typical AWOD, I'm a homer. Here we are on a Friday, and I believe in the Commanders. Does Rick Snyder believe in the Commanders? You know, I think it's a three-point game. Could go either way. Yeah. But this would be one that you would really like because Atlanta is also, you know, if you believe that Washington can grab a wild card, Atlanta could be one of the teams they have to compete against and the first uh, tiebreakers are head-to-head. So this is like two wins and one in a way. Um, I don't know if they're quite ready to go on this or not. Uh, it's one of those games that could go either way. It's one of those games that you decide your season on. So if they're ready, if they really want to play well, they could probably edge this one out. But it's a, it's a tough game. What did you make of the do-your-job sign at uh, Ashburn Park? I thought it was a call for uh, help. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say it. I've seen this many times. It doesn't work. It shows insecurity. It shows trouble. And I think it was the one of the worst things you could do uh, because it exposes everything. Yeah. It I- shows to me, shows me if a coach puts that on the door, that means they're not listening to him. Right. I mean, it just, to me, it felt like Ron Rivera was feeling the heat. He, he was hearing the noises, the chatter from the outside about, you know, should he be on the hot seat? And he said, no, the media's blaming me. I need to blame the players. I mean, isn't that what he did? Oh, uh, yeah, basically. It just shows to me that the play, the communication is down to leaving a note on the door. <laughs> and that's not good. And I really feel that Rivera and Del Rio, too, they both seem like they've mentally checked out. Yeah. I mean, they'll never admit such a thing, but I've watched these guys for three years now, and I watch everything they say for this very reason. So when things go weird, you, you spot it, and I spotted it a couple weeks ago. We're and now, I just think they're they're just going to finish the season out, and they know that's it. We're now five weeks into watching Sam Howell be the starting quarterback. Uh, how would you evaluate what you've seen from QB1? You know, I give him a solid D. He's had, you know, a couple of efforts that were pretty tough, especially the Buffalo game. 
but I've also seen him grow from these kind of mistakes, and that's a real positive. I mean, these last few games, he's learned to get rid of the ball. If he doesn't have a play, mm-hmm. he's not running into as many sacks. Uh, I mean, you asked the guy to go 55 straight passing plays yeah. in the last game. That's impossible to do something like that to a guy. You know, but he's tough. He's taken the hits, literally, uh, well. There's a lot of quarterbacks that would not survive as many sacks as they've had already. Yeah. I mean, this team, it's always like that. So I, I think it's been a real positive growth for him. I really like what I've seen from him, but if I wanted to play like devil's advocate and talk about some of the negatives, obviously the sacks are the biggest thing. But one thing that I'm a little concerned about is it feels like if his number one target isn't open, he immediately now, and I think this is part of because he got beat up in, in the Bills game, is just kind of running forward. He's like just starting to kind of take off a little too quickly. And a, a lot of that was highlighted um, in some of the replays from the most recent loss to the Chicago Bears on Thursday night where he had some receivers open, but he was already in scramble mode. Yeah. Young passers especially have default settings. And his is two of them. Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin. Those are his two defaults. If he can't find somebody... He looks for them. If he can't find them, he runs the ball. Um, that's where he's got to grow some. I mean, everybody's kind of looked at like, what happened to Dotson in this offense? It's not on Dotson. He's not getting the opportunities, and when he is, they're pretty hard hard ones to do. Uh, Samuel has not got quite as much. You know, I think that's part of having a young quarterback is he doesn't see the whole field as much, and he trusts his instincts. And his instincts are to throw to the tight end, maybe McLaurin, or run the ball. Who do you think has a better game Sunday between the battles of B-Rob versus B-Rob, B. John Robinson against Brian Robinson Jr.? Uh, I think you got to bet on the Falcons guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, Brian Robinson only got six carries the last game for 10 yards. I mean, his per average is not very good at all anyway. Now, you can blame the line on that, and some of the plays had no chance of success. Uh, but, you know, he had a great 15-yard touchdown run, and that was the one I thought there he is. But I haven't been able to see him really be what I expect him to be. Uh, But he's a good, tough running back, so hopefully they'll find the right opportunities. One of my keys to victory was getting Terry McLaurin more involved. And if he can go over 75 yards on the road, if your ace has a really good game, I feel like it gives you a chance to win. Why do you think that Terry McLaurin's statistics are down this year? I think it's the situations they put him in more. He has a lot of short-range passes that he's getting that don't really have the success, you know, of, of long st- stats. I think Terry's really great at catching a short ball, and boom, he's five, eight yards down the field in a second. I mean, he's really good at that. Yeah. But there just haven't been a whole lot of those opportunities. You know, it's just been bang-bang plays. Rick Snyder with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow Rick on social media, Snide underscore remarks. You can read his work as a 106.7 The Fan columnist on thefandc.com or check out monumentalthoughts.com. And I know we're in season, so there hasn't been that much chatter about it, but is there any update on where the new stadium might end up being, Rick? Yeah, it's been pretty quiet lately. And part of that, as I said a few weeks ago, Congress has to approve a deal for them to for D.C. to get the land. And Congress has a lot of problems right now, like no speaker, you know. And this kind of thing is delays everything, you know. They can't do anything about the stadium until the House elects a speaker and then gets rid of a bunch of overdue business. So this 
this has bumped the RFK decision down the road probably a few months, you know, to get that land moved across. What do you make of Magic Johnson firing off an angry tweet after the game? I have no problem with it. I mean, I felt like the team played uninspired football. Do you think that Magic and Josh Harris had a conversation about that? Well, I don't think so, but I I, I didn't really like Magic doing that. That's kind of interfering. Mm. You know, you're the owner. Yeah. And, and while we all respect Magic's opinion because he's been a great success in life, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, I think he did it partly because he was there at the game, and they were showing him on yeah. TV, and he looked upset, you know? Well, everybody should. I know there was some flack about the cameras caught, um, you know, Harris laughing yeah. in the box. I'm, I'm sure it had nothing to do with the field. You know, somebody wants to told a joke. I mean, you know, Jack and Cook laughed in the box, but they were winning. So um, I, would, I wouldn't read into too much of all that. Well, if the team's going to turn it around, it starts on the defensive side of the ball. And rookie cornerback Emmanuel Forbes has really struggled. He was replaced last game. How much game time do you think he gets this Sunday? I don't know, because he didn't get as much practice time as, you know, they kind of sat him back. And this team has done that before with, like, Jamin Davis. You know, I mean, he wasn't playing great either, and they, they kind of scapegoated him. Here we go again with this. This is why I said when they drafted him, he took a 166-pound corner. He's going to get knocked off the line. He's going to be bumped by bigger receivers. And he has good instincts and all, but he's playing a little bit too timid. Mm-hmm. I need this guy, to, you know, he's got no lower body. Yeah. Um, I would try and get this guy up to 180-something next year. I think that will help his confidence in, in competing because that bigger receiver is pushing you around down the field too. Yeah. You know, we saw that happen in Buffalo game. Um, that, that's a real problem, but – he has good instincts, and you can't teach that. So if he can get some of the other mechanicals done, he'll be okay. You mentioned Jamin Davis, and I believe last year there was a story that he started playing well enough that Ron Rivera noticed and made him the Mike linebacker. Why has that not been the case this season? Well, they had big hopes for Cody Barton. Um, I did too, watching him in the preseason. Hasn't, hasn't transferred over to the regular season yet. A little surprised by that. Yeah. I think Davis has played better. He's not perfect, but in his years, he's he's getting continually better. So I think, you know, you got at least one more under contract. I, I think he's he's a late bloomer. They probably shouldn't have taken him where they did. It was a big surprise. Um, it would have been better if he had been like a second rounder. People wouldn't expect as much. But uh, he's steadily getting better, but he's still got a ways to go, too. Rick, I appreciate the time. That's Rick Snyder. Follow his work online, social media, Snyder underscore remarks, 1067 The Fan columnist, and check him out at monumentalthoughts.com. Thank you so much, Sergeant Snyder. Okay. Thanks for having me. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. It's a football Friday on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. What are your thoughts on the Commanders game against the Atlanta Falcons on the road in ATL this Sunday for a 1 p.m. kickoff? 833-804-0910. You can always tweet us throughout the show at AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. And a bunch of tweets are, are coming in here on my account at AWOD Radio 
um, from me posting the interview with Coach Ryan Odom. In case you missed it, the black and gold game is this Saturday. Well, you can get caught up on all things VCU basketball by just searching AWOD Radio, and you'll see we've posted the full 45-minute interview with VCU basketball coach Ryan Odom, available Spotify, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. But Stubb and I wanted to mix it up a little bit right now, tell you what's the latest with Hollywood and entertainment. Is the strike still ongoing and more on Netflix? Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, so this is what I've read online, Stubb, and you can give me your take on it. The SAG uh, AFTRA negotiations break down after revenue sharing and AI. After the strike with the writers came to an end, there were a lot of high hopes that the resolution with the SAG AFTRA strike would soon follow. Reportedly, negotiations between the studios and the unions broke down after no common ground could be found on major sticking points. Specifically, the union continues to look for protections from the use of AI and digital scans of extras and revenue sharing. The union reportedly is asking for 2%, which the studios say is not tenable. Does that kind of sum it up the way you've yes, read that, it? Yes, that is what I have found, which 2% for your actors, you can't do that. It's crazy to me. The 2% that is, is wild, but the thing that drives me crazy is the AI digital scans of extras. Did you see the clip that's going around of, all right, so there's some stupid low-budget TV show I want to say it's Netflix. Maybe it's HBO Max. I think it was Disney+. Plus. Maybe it was Disney+. Plus. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's a basketball game, and they show the guys on the sidelines, and behind them, it's fake people. It's fake people. They look like PlayStation 2 people. Yes! They look like the characters from NBA 2K. They're like five five polygons. They they are flat-faced. It's so annoying, and, and that's a major motion picture. And so I'm absolutely on the side of of the actors in this one. Are you kidding oh, me? me? too. And, and then there was a story about how, um, what's his name? Ben Affleck and Matt Damon first started as extras. That's how they got into the industry. Yeah, that's By that's, meeting people. A lot of people start I've like that. I've heard stories of that with extras a lot of time. I was almost an extra on a show that came to Richmond, uh, Swagger. They reached out. I said, I'm only going to do it if I can be a play-by-play broadcaster. They said, no, we just want you to pick up the crap All right, in the background. And I said, nope, I'm not doing that eight-hour shoot. And so they probably replaced me with AI. Yeah, they would. If you if you were there, if you were there once, right now they can just use you forever yeah. without paying you a cent. There is good news. I saw okay. from the outside world a bipartisan bill called the no the the no fakes act. Okay, which is just going to looking to ban AI replicas of of entertainers. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm all for it. Which would be the, great. The fact that the people in Hollywood are even entertaining the idea of using AI for extras just shows me they don't care about quality content anymore. They just care about the yeah. dollar bills. They it, and they like they won't back down. Right. Like they're lo- losing millions of dollars somebody, on the strike. Uh, who who's that who's the big name that's on the other side of this? Do you, you know like can we call somebody out? Do you have any idea? It, just look up the the heads of the studios. The heads of studios? Uh, Cuz I want to like grab them by the throat <laughs> and say, "Do you realize there has not been good quality movies in the past 10 years?" And now you're going to make it worse with yeah. with alien technology, with this stupid AI it being robots is it's so stupid. It's it's, it's it, dumb. It's it's so, it's so bad, and they won't. It, they won't ridiculous. back down. 
They won't back down. They won't be- back down. Because they've got the technology for it, but they don't realize that it's like they think that uh, the people that watch movies are stupid. Like that we're not going to notice that the, the, the people behind the bench are fake people. I like think it's like it's video games. I think a lot of people that watch movies are stupid. However, it's it's ridiculous. And I'm I'm rooting for this bill. Yeah, because then it's like, oh, good, good work on losing millions on this on this strike. Yeah. <laughs> the, the government's going to tell you you can't use it anyway. Yeah, no, it's a good call. Uh, what else can we get to here on Netflix today? Uh, this this tweet I saw about Marvel Studios and their TV shows had me cracking up at home the other day. And okay. I told you about this. Marvel Studios plan to make changes in how it makes TV following internal criticism. And the first bullet point is shows will now have proper showrunners that write pilots and show Bibles. What were they doing? Right, right. (laughs) How do you make like eight shows without anyone in charge? I don't understand that at all. You saw about the Daredevil news, right? Yeah, yeah. So what is the Daredevil news? So basically, they had a whole... Let's rewind for a minute. So Daredevil was a very popular Netflix show. Fantastic show. Right? It was not a bad movie. I will say that. Well, I... I, You didn't like... What was it? Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck and... uh, I don't Uh, know. Some hot girl. But he was blind. Uh, The show's a hundred times better. Uh, What's his name? Matthew Cox, I think. is the. Yeah. uh, Yes. The show is a hundred times better, for sure. And I think they did three seasons. In the third season, they brought in The Punisher... Uh, uh, that was, was season John. two. Season okay. two, they had so uh, John, John Bernthal was the Punisher. We love John Bernthal. Do you know he's a local guy? DMV. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, friend of the show, Frank Hanrahan, actually played uh, middle school basketball with John Bernthal. So I've been trying to text Frank and hey, get John Bernthal on the program one time. Right? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> It'd be so cool. Um, but so anyway, it was a Netflix show. Obviously, Disney bought all the rights. Disney wanted to reboot it, and what has happened? They they gave up. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're going to, they, they, they looked at it, they looked at it on the, they, they watched it, they said, this is garbage, try again, and are getting a whole new team. Right. Like, it's like, done. It's not like they said the Netflix version is bad. They said, hey, we're going to put it on new... Disney, we're going to bring back the same director and the same actors, and then I, they came up with an idea, and the, the people on top said, it's garbage. Apparently he doesn't put the suit on until episode four. What? I, I look. I, I I trust those people. So what, is he just a lawyer? Yeah. Well, the, that some of the best stuff in the Netflix no, shows no, him being it, a lawyer. It was. It was. But he was a lawyer in She-Hulk. They brought you, yeah. him back in She-Hulk. Yeah, and that was good. Those are the best episodes of She-Hulk. Yeah, it was. By far. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I just don't understand. So they're they're rebooting a reboot, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it just it makes no sense. Well, I learned recently Disney does this thing, and where they they do three seasons of a show. And then they change the name a little bit, because if you do four seasons, you have to pay everyone more. Oh my god! So if you remember, I don't know, you're probably too old for Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Oh no, I was all in. Okay, remember when they did Sweet Life on Deck? Mm, yes, kind of. So they they yeah they moved into a cruise for yeah. the fourth season, so they right. didn't have to pay all the actors anymore. And that's what they did. This is so the, basically they it's said Daredevil it's, all it's again. It's a new show. That's basically. why it's called Dare, Daredevil Born Again. So they don't have to pay everyone. Oh my goodness! It's it's everything is just to save everything <laughs> about the studio executives is driving me crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh! All right, Adam Sandler's in the news because Netflix dropped the trailer for Leo, an upcoming animated musical comedy. The cast is strong; includes Cecily Strong, Bill Burr, Jason Alexander. Jason is he from Seinfeld? Is that Jason Alexander? Oh. I think that's Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Um, but anyway. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Adam Sandler is going to star as the voice of Leo, who's a 
74-year-old lizard class pet. Sandler's yeah, playing I, a 74-year-old lizard. I, I checked just out do the trailer. Netflix says now. It's, huh? it's cute. It looks cute. All right. I checked it out. Yeah, it, he's, he like can talk to kids, and he teaches <laughs> them how to be better second graders. <laughs> yeah. Are you in on Adam Sandler's uh, Netflix movies? Have you enjoyed them? I have not checked them out. I'm not. Oh, so you haven't seen Murder Mystery. Murder Mystery is great. The I, second one's not very good. Murder Mystery 1 okay. is excellent. I've, I've heard mostly bad things about, like, Hubie Halloween. Oh, well, Hubie uh, Halloween, he he plays the character. Don't let yeah. You have to be fully... You have to be a Sandler... You have to stand for Sandler. I love Happy that. Gilmore. I yes. love The Longest Yard. Yeah. That's about it. You don't like 50 First Dates? No. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you serious? You don't like Grown Ups? No. This is a classic. No. It's a classic. Uh. Oh, my gosh. All right. So trust trust me on this. Check out Murder Mystery. I think Murder Mystery is as good as, uh, what was it, Glass Onion, Knives Out. Really? Yes. I think it's as good as Knives Out, if not better. I <laughs> if not better. If not better? If not better. I refuse to believe that's are you kidding? It's, it's Sandman and Jennifer <laughs> Aniston. Sandman and J.A. That's all you need. That's, that's not all you all need. You need. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Them and a bunch of AI extras. And I would go see that movie. <laughs> all right. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. If we missed any big news in TV or Hollywood and entertainment, you can give us a call. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.